one sec. All right. So last week we talked about the um, our sub-logos, which is our sun, and the metaphysical nature of the sub-logos and its plan for our solar system and our individual evolution. And so today we're going to talk about our the history of our solar system. And this, of course, pertains to our sub-logos because our sub-logos is the one that designed our solar system and set the stage for the evolution. First up, we have Venus. It is the um, second planet from the sun, and currently it is a sixth-density planet, but it is inhabited by fifth-density entities. And the reason this is is because Ra, as a social memory complex, chose to leave the planet um, to go be of service. So, it, like I said, it's a 60 planet, but it is currently inhabited by 50. Um, and Venus is Ra's home planet and one of the earliest in our solar system, if not the first, to host intelligent life and proceed through the densities. I say if not the first because in a um, confederation channeling, the confederation didn't mention Saturn hosting third density life, um, but there's no other mention of that. So I did email LL Research for them to ask what were their next channeling um, about that. Their third density concluded 2.6 billion years ago, which was which coincided with the beginning of Earth's second density. So the point that we're at currently right now in our civilization, you know, ending out our third density, raw civilization was at that point 2.6 billion years ago. And like I said, at that time, Earth was just now becoming habitable for second density life. Ross says that their planet was harshly bright and it had conditions that we would consider to be difficult. All right, so their population at the end of their third density was 38 and a half million, which is about the population of California. So if you can imagine the population of California just spread out across Venus, and Venus is about similar in size to Earth. Their harvest at the end of third density was six and a half million. Ross says that was over, uh, overwhelmingly positive, and they didn't have a single negative harvest, except the, there was an exception for two, which I'll talk about later. Um, but they had a very overwhelmingly positive harvest. The other 32 million um, souls that were not harvested repeated their density elsewhere. Ross says that they um, enjoyed a slightly thinner veil. And what this means is that they were able to do things such as use their dreams more consciously in order to do work in consciousness. They were able to be more loving, more understanding and compassionate of each other. And that led to them having a more harmonious and philosophical society. And that was due to the slightly thinner veil. It wasn't completely, you know, really transparent like ours is. Uh, ours is not transparent, it's very thick, but theirs is very, it was very just transparent enough. And this quote down here says that their choices centered on the harmonious balances and dynamics of relationships, exploring sexual energy transfer, and performing metaphysical research and the seeking of adulthood, both through the indigo ray and via relationship with others. Because they had a slightly thinner veil and they were a more harmonious and philosophical society, they had successful harvest during all three minor cycles, which Earth has not had. Um, Ross says that their learning environment was similar to our Buddhist Chelly teachings and that they had students and teachers. So like this quote says, they were really philosophical and they were big in metaphysics and they taught this. And their learning environment was similar to having, you know, like a Buddhist monk with many students sitting around and learning from them. So that was, they got to enjoy that type of learning environment in their third density. They were also contacted by six density entities, just like we have by Ra, who's now 60. And they also had pyramids for the purposes of healing and meditation and initiation, just like they taught and gave us here. So Ross says that they studied the archetypal mind of our sub-logos, which is our sun, and they are the ones who came up with the 22 images of the um, tarot. They didn't have cards, but they did, Ross says, after generations of study, they did um, end up, they discovered that our sub-logos had 22 archetypes, and they are the ones who came up with the 22 images, which they so graciously taught to the Egyptians when they did walk among us. And then the Egyptians took that further and then created the tarot cards. But the tarot originally originated on Venus, and that was for their study of the archetypal, archetypal mind of our sub-logos. 
Now, because Venus had a slightly thinner veil and they were a more harmonious society, they had a really overflow of compassion and love and understanding for one another. And so even though they were a more harmonious society, there were a few in that society who felt like this compassion was too much or it was too passive or it was weak. And so that subconsciously sent out a call to for balance. They were looking for a a better balance on a, to outlook love. Because like I said, they felt like the um, love and the compassion was too much and they were seeking to understand love in a more balanced way. So this sent out a call to fifth density and there were two fifth density wanderers who answered that call. And so fifth density is the density of wisdom. And so their plan, uh, it was a male and female couple. Their plan was to incarnate on Venus and bring with them their fifth density wisdom to help this um, small group out of the population find a more balanced outlook or distortion on love that they were seeking. But what ended up happening was these this couple flipped polarity because they got here. And of course, once you're under the influence of the veil, you forget your plan. And so what happened is this couple, once they started doing the work, they found that they were surrounded and had a large following and they had a lot of supporters. And so they ended up using the techniques of control and domination over others to the extent that um, the other people would die. They pretty much overdid it to the extent of the physical death of the people who followed them. And so this is totally service to self, uh, negative polarity. They ended up flipping their polarity by accident um, while being incarnated on Venus because of this. Ross says that they later um, went on to fourth density negative in which they realized what they did and they flipped their polarity and, and they joined Ross' social memory complex later on. But I thought that was a really interesting story because like I said, um, Ross' civilization was very harmonious, harmonious, but you still did have those who felt like that wasn't enough. So Ra's evolution through the density. So Ra says, like I said, they were very philosophical and they were loving and understanding. And so because of that, when they graduated to the fourth density, they accelerated through the fourth density. Because going in, when a planetary society goes into the density of love and compassion, already being loving and compassionate, they have a very easy time getting through fourth density. So they accelerated through that, but that caused issues later on in fifth density when they needed to balance that over compassion and love and understanding with wisdom. So Ross says that their social memory complex spent a great deal of time in fifth density because of that ease through third and fourth density. Those things and those shadows caught up to them and they had, took a lot of time to balance those. Ra also says that they have a, that they've had a, um, also smooth experience through six density because of their unity together. They are currently six density and they are beyond time and polarity. So Ra says they are able to be with us at any time because they are no longer bound by the illusion of time and six density. Um, past mid six density, there is no longer any polarity. Ra says that is the point where all paradoxes have their answers, and they are now currently working towards. Um, graduating to the seventh density, which is the density of foreverness. Not only has Ra helped us out here on Earth, they have answered the cause of planets in Alpha Centauri, which is our nearest um, solar system. They have answered the cause of planets in our solar system. They have answered the cause of planets in the constellation Cepheus and the constellation Zeta-Recticuli. So um, Ra has traveled uh, to various locations in the galaxy and has helped out those third density societies just as they are helping us. And I thought that was really interesting. Ra says they are about two and a half million years until graduation to seven density, which in the cosmic grandest schemes isn't a very long time. So they don't have uh, much longer before they graduate to seven density. Alrighty, the next planet we have is Maldek. Planet from the sun, it was the fifth planet. Maldek is currently the asteroid belt that is situated between Mars and Jupiter. Its cycle started early on due to the planet being able to host um, first density life forms. And the planet was destroyed, completely obliterated through warfare. The peoples of Maldek had a civilization sim somewhat similar to that of the societal complex known to you as Atlantis, and that it gained much technological information and used it without care for the preservation of their sphere. Ross says that in 10.1, population were not sure, harvest, they were not able to have a harvest because they destroyed their planet. 
So we get a little bit of information about Maldek civilization from the Confederation and Ra. Um, may we know that their society, they had service to self, negative polarity, thoughts, ideas, and actions. But they sincerely believe this to be positive and service to others. And so I'll say that again. Um, they had service to self actions and they had a service to self negative polarity vibe to them. But they, in their minds, sincerely believed that what they were doing was service to others. And so an example I can think of would be the early um, Christian conquest. The colonizers were traveling all over the globe and they were spreading Christianity and destroying and uprooting civilizations that had existed for thousands and thousands of years. And they were forcing those people to pretty much, you know, submit to their way of life. In their head, they were doing the Lord's work and spreading the gospel. But in reality, they were serving themselves by creating dominance and controlling others and forcing others to submit to their um, to their beliefs and their philosophy. So I could kind of see that as somewhat similar to what the Maldekians experienced. Um, the Confederation says that if Maldek had not been destroyed and they did have a harvest, it would have most likely been a possible mixed harvest, which is similar to Earth. Uh, we know that we're going to have a mixed harvest at the end of our third density uh, experience. And so they destroyed the planet through the use of nuclear and crystal powered weapons. And this explosion happened, happened 705,000 years ago. And so they were given um, the Confederation gave them technology. They gave them knowledge of this technology because they produced a call and the Confederation answered that. But through their bellicose actions with these crystal power weapons, um, they ended up completely exploding their planet. And they were really, really advanced from what we know um, from the Confederation. I mean, we don't even have crystals. I mean, we have crystals, but we don't know how to use them. We don't know how to tap into their power. Our weapons, none of our weapons are crystal based. So that just goes to tell you how much more advanced they were and how they utilized the information that they received from the Confederation. Um, they say that Ross says that when the explosion happens, that the entire, every single inhabitant on Maldek was caught in a metaphysical tangle or not of fear. And so Ross says that some of your time passed, no one could reach them, no beings could aid them. And what this tangle or not of fear means is that the entire planetary complex, um, the people who inhabited Maldek after the explosion happened, they were pretty much unconscious, completely unconscious of themselves. They were not aware that they were a, a conscious. They were not aware of even their awareness. They were completely just kind of like in a, a state of oblivion. Um, and they were in that state for eons and eons. And then um, the Confederation tried to send help and it just didn't work. But then finally, 600,000 years ago, Ross says that the then Confederation members deployed a social memory con. Uh, Con, social memory complex, and they were able to untie the knot of fear. So uh, they, somebody was able to finally reach out to them, and they started regaining consciousness. Now, once they started regaining this consciousness, they were brought to the inner planes of Earth, where they could all um, kind of create a plan to alleviate the karma for what they had did. Like I said, a lot of them weren't aware, then they gained awareness, then they were like, Oh, snap, what we did was atrocious. We have to alleviate this karma somehow. And so their plan, they, the general group consensus was to alleviate this karma by, um, Ross says, the alleviation mechanism was designed by the placement of this consciousness in second dimensional physical chemical complexes, which are not able to be dexterous or manipulative to the extent which is appropriate to the workings of the third density distortions of the mind complex. In simple English, this pretty much means that the Maldekians chose to place or to incarnate in second density bodies on Earth that were not capable of mass destruction. Their consciousnesses were still third density, but they wanted to place their consciousness in a second density form of body that would not allow them to act out violence and just possibly destroy the Earth like they did um, their home planet. And so... Ross says that they are one race of Bigfoot. There are a couple other races of Bigfoot for other reasons, but one race of Bigfoot is are the Malkadukians, and they are in those bodies to alleviate what they did. And Ross says that they dwell in our deeper underground passageways. So yes, Bigfoot is actually real. 
Ross says that um, some of them joined Earth's third density. So as some of them alleviated the karma and awakened and realized what they had done and were able to take on third density um, life forms. Some of them joined Earth's third density, but many of them went elsewhere in the galaxy to repeat their density. So only a few of them stayed here on Earth. Ra also says that there are certain that there were people in our history and even possibly currently today who have been involved with uh, nuclear power and nuclear weapons. And a lot of these people um, in our history and that are probably still alive today are reincarnated from Maldek and they are kind of using this as a restitution or their second chance to use nuclear power responsibly. Ross says that after, um, I forgot, can't remember what the project name was, but after the um, pretty much the atomic bomb was created and that information was passed on, a lot of scientists came along that wanted to use that nuclear power responsibly, and a lot of them were reincarnated from Maldek, and that was kind of like their second chance to use it um, properly because they destroyed their planet with nuclear power. All righty, next up we have Mars. Mars is the fourth planet from the sun. Its core vibration is, uh, it, it was stopped in mid-third density. Mars is the, excuse me, Mars is the possible third planet in our solar system to support life and proceed through the densities. It is currently undergoing healing and will be for some millennia. Quo says the entities of Mars had, had made some decisions in the practice of governments upon their planet, which resulted in the nature of the surface of their planet, changing from a planet which was relatively hospitable to third density physical vehicles to a planet which was not at all hospitable to third density vehicles. They were not able to finish the cycle of the density of choice in third density upon Mars. So uh, Mars was home to a very fiery and aggressive society. Excuse me. The Raw or the Confederation, they don't give us much on the, the type of society that Mars was. But if any of you are familiar with Dolores Cannon's work, I've read a lot of her work on people who have regressed to previous lives that they had on Mars. And they all say that Mars was a very male-dominated, patriarchal, um, fiery, and aggressive warlike society, kind of similar to what we see here on Earth. Um, they destroyed their atmosphere through nuclear warfare, rendering the planet uninhabitable. Luckily, they didn't destroy their planet like the Maldekians did, but they did um, screw up their atmosphere through nuclear war, and that made the planet uninhabitable to third density life. After this happened and after the, uh, Mars was no longer able to sustain them, they had to continue third density elsewhere. So the Council of uh, Yahweh, who is a social memory complex, they went before the Council of Saturn and asked for the permission to transfer the souls of the Martians to Earth because the destruction of Mars uh, environment coincided with the beginning of Earth's beginning uh, third density. So like I said, the Yahweh went to the Council and the Council granted them permission to transfer the Martians to Earth so that the Martians could continue their third density and learn the ways of love. And so um, what Yahweh did is that they genetically cloned the Martians and they altered um, our physical bodies here on Earth. So pretty much they took stock of the genes that, that the, the, you know, the physical body of the Martians and they kept that and they kind of cloned that. They made some slight variations, of course, I'm sure to adapt to Earth's environment, but they pretty much cloned the, um, the genes that the Martians had in their third density, and they placed that within um, Earth's third density and altered our physical bodies for the Martians. Now, a lot of the Confederation members felt like that was an infringement on free will, which I will get to here in a... Uh, Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to get to the infringement of free will on Earth. So like I said, they cloned them, but a lot of the members of the Confederation felt like that was an infringement on the free will of the Martians. And so we'll get to the quarantine in Earth's history. Um, the Middle Eastern and Abrahamic connection. So we all know that life started in um, the Middle East, Northern African area and, and spread out from there. And because the Martians made up a majority of their density, Earth only had a very few entities actually evolved from its second density. So a majority of Earth's population at the beginning of third density were the Martians. And they were, and they comprised the area of the Middle East. And so they um, were the Israelites and they were the early um, Muslims and people in that area. And so the Abrahamic connection is, <clears throat> 
with the Israelites in the Old Testament, a lot of them were reincarnated from Mars and a lot of them were repeating the patterns. Now they were getting, they were evolving to the point of believing in one God, the one infinite creator, but they still had that unconscious bias of a very male dominated society, kind of aggressive and warlike. And so that is one of the reasons that Jesus came is because these Martians were so stuck in their ways, even after reincarnating that somebody had to finally shake them out of it. Hey, Demarcus. Uh-huh. It's Diana. I was just asking if I could interject something. Oh, go, go for I'm it. Wondering if I could. Um, so a couple of quick things. I, it, interestingly, Ross says that the, the genetic cloning process that Yahweh did um, to, to put some souls here was like, I don't remember their exact words. Maybe somebody else would, but it was different. Very, very different from ours. Like it was something we wouldn't understand right now. So um, I thought that was cool. But the main thing I wanted to say was um, a lot. I've noticed that people tend to not you, Demarcus, but when people talk about the Martians that came over and how they they were had a bellicose attitude, um, and then some people say, "Well, those were the original Jews," um, and so I've found that in some people's minds, there's this correlation between bellicosity and Judaism which if you think about it, doesn't really hold water, at least at this point, because if that is true, then those souls are some of the oldest on our planet. They would have had the most time <laughs> to learn their lessons if they had reincarnated here again and again, and could in fact be some of the most advanced souls uh, that actually began here. So I just thought it might be helpful to point that out. If anybody wants to share that, if, if it comes up in conversation in the future, um, those those Martians that came here first are are now potentially very old souls if they've stuck around, right? I mean, relative to this nexus of experience. That's correct. Yep. The Confederation says that a lot of the Martians have, um, some of them have been able to graduate to the fourth density. They have successfully learned the lessons of love. Um, they also say that some of them have not and will have to repeat third density again for the third time. Um, they also say that some of the Martians are running our governments. So if you look at different governments and governments that have a history of war and aggressive action, they're more than likely reincarnated Martians who still have that unconscious bias of war. Yeah, interesting. Well, thank you. Carry on. I'm enjoying this. Thank you. So next up, we have planet Earth, which is our home. It is the third planet from the sun, and its core vibration is fourth density, but it is currently transitioning um, out of third density. It is currently the only planet in our solar system with third density life. Third density ended during the winter solstice of 2012 and is currently experiencing harvest into fourth density positive. So every single person um, that is dying is walking the steps of light, and every single person that is currently incarnate incarnate on earth has the opportunity to graduate after death because we are currently in the harvest. Now, I'm not going to go too extensively into earth's um, history because that will require a totally separate presentation all of its own because there's just so much history. We have so much information about it, of course, because it is our home. So I'm just going to touch on some points. Um, current population is 8 billion. Our total harvest is to be determined. We do know the, con the Confederation has said that um, we're not going to have as big of a harvest as they hoped. Um, it's because, because of that, Earth has a lot of more room and for density. So a lot of third, third density graduates from other planets and other solar systems are joining Earth's fourth density because our fourth density harvest won't be as big as they would have hoped. Earth is very diverse. Earth's population is comprised of 16 planetary influences who repeated third density here. So not only did the Maldekians and the Martians from our own solar system come here to repeat third density, um, you had a lot, 14 other planetary societies also came to Earth to repeat their third density. Some of those societies destroyed their planets too. Um, I forgot which solar system it was, um, but Ross says it was either Sirius or Alpha Centauri. Um, there was a planet, they destroyed their planet, they had to repeat their density, and they came here. Because there's uh, such a huge um, diversity of different archetypal minds and different planetary societies, that has caused the array of cultures that we have here on Earth. So if you look at uh, the Asian area, for instance, Ross says that the people from the star Deneb, they 
incarnated as a group in the area of China. You had um, another planetary incarnated as a group in Africa and all these different places. And that's why Earth has such a rich um, array of different cultures because you have all these different planetary societies that came from elsewhere. Um, and that is not common. It is not unheard of, but it is not, <clears throat> it is not common. What usually ends up happening is a planetary society will originate from the planet's second density and then proceed through third density, and that's it. They're the only society that experienced third density on that planet. In our case, we had 15, um, 16 other influences come here, and so it was just kind of like a big mix-up. I call it the Earth is like the America of the galaxy. And so because of all of this mixture, um, we have a history of war and aggression. Because all of these societal planets um, that these planetary societies that destroy their environments, they carry that with them in their group mind subconsciously. And so all of these planetary minds that have come here that have caused the destruction to their home planet has bred that into Earth's history. And that is why Earth has had such a um, history of war and aggression. We began being visited uh, 4 million years ago by extraterrestrials. Like I said earlier, we, uh, our bodies were genetically altered um, by Yahweh and the Confederation says, this was done through articulating facial features a bit more carefully by altering the set of the body so it would be able to stand upright and by improving the dexterity of the physical vehicle, especially in the hands and by creating a larger capacity within the mind that came with that biological species. In essence, they created a new and improved great eight body, which looked a good deal like the one you are now enjoying. So we do have alien DNA in our genetics because they did come and they altered our body in order to create a body that is very conducive for the Martians to incarnate in. Like I said earlier, a lot of the Confederation members saw that as an infringement upon um, the Martians. And the reason is because when Yahweh altered the body. There were other great ape species on Earth, you know, the Homo sapiens, the Denisovians, there were multiple great ape species, but Yahweh only altered one, which were the Homo sapiens. And so when they altered that, they created these better bodies that creates the bias in your mind of better than. And so that type of thinking paved the way for service itself, negative entities to be able to come to Earth. And so they created the quarantine. So the Guardians instituted the quarantine to restrict um, access to planet Earth from service to self uh, entities and service to other entities. But they really wanted to protect our free will because of the mistake that Yahweh had made uh, in altering our bodies for the Martians. At the beginning of our third density uh, life, uh, the lifespan was 900 years. So, you know, you hear in the Old Testament that a lot of people live to be 700, 800, 900 years old. And this is actually common throughout their density. Um, the light, common lifespan is 900 years. But of course, in our final cycle of their density, that's not the case. And that's because we weren't utilizing our catalyst enough. And so the lifespan got shorter and shorter to give us more opportunities to reincarnate and learn the lessons of love, um, which I'm glad that I don't have to be here for 900 years. <laughs> The Confederation's first contact was with those of the continent of Mu, and that was 58,000 years ago. And so um, there were two continents that are no longer above water. You have Lemuria and Atlantis. And so I'm not going to go too much into this because, like I said, that would make a very long presentation. But pretty much Mu was a um, continent that was in the Pacific Ocean, and they were a very spiritual, spiritually advanced society. They weren't necessarily technologically advanced but they were very spiritually advanced. And they were the first to send out a call to the Confederation 58,000 years ago, and the Confederation answered that call. So that was the Confederation's first contact with the Earth. And so their continent, unfortunately, sunk, not due to any actions on their part. Um, Ross says that the Earth's tectonic plate shifted, and that's what sunk their continent. Luckily, they were advanced enough to foresee that coming, so a lot of them escaped the continent. And Ross says that our Native Americans are just some of the descendants of the Lumerians because they left the continent and kind of spread out. Some of them went to the mountains of Tibet. Some of them came here. Some of them went to South America. And so their descendants are still among us. Um, the other lost continent is the famous, infamous Atlantis. Um, the Confederation says that Atlantis was a conglomerate. It started off as a conglomerate of different agriculture societies. So Atlantis always wasn't always advanced. 
uh, as the years passed, they got more advanced and more advanced. And at one point, they created a call to the Confederation, and the Confederation brought them information on technology and crystals and pyramids. But they ended up destroying Atlantis. Um, Ross says that the, they had a war 11,000 years ago. That was the first war, and that ended up wiping out 40% of the uh, population of Atlantis. There was the second war a few thousand years later, um, and then the final one is what finally sunk Atlantis, and that was it for them. Ra and the Egyptians. So we know that Ra began flying over the skies of the Egyptians. They said that the Egyptians could see them, but that they didn't land. They were trying to gauge if the Egyptians were ready for their contact. So Ra spent um, a few thousand years kind of monitoring the Egyptians, and the Egyptians sent out the call. And their belief in the infinite creator and in nature is what paved the way for Ra to be able to come here and decree the law of one. So we know that um, Ra walked amongst the Egyptians, taught them the tarot, they built the pyramid, they taught them initiation and healing and all of that good stuff. So Earth today, uh, we are in the beginning of our social memory complex. Like I said, our third density concluded um, during the winter solstice of 2012, and we are currently going through the transition into fourth density. But Earth is officially a fourth density positive planet. Now that transition, how that looks and how long it will take depends entirely on us. The Confederate Ra estimates about 100 to 700 years. Um, so like I said, the our evolution and our transition completely into fourth density depends on us as a whole. And then honorable mention is Uranus. Uranus is the seventh planet from the sun and its core vibration is first density. Ross says that the planetary entity known to you as Uranus is slowly moving through the first density and has the potential of moving through all the densities. So, um, Uranus will probably, if it successfully moves through first density, will be the next planet in our solar system to host life. In which point, uh, we will probably be most likely either in sixth or beginning seventh density, because it will probably take billions of years for Uranus to move through first density. Similarity in planets. So all of the planets that have had life so far, which would be Venus, Maldek, Mars, and Earth, all have supported first density through third density life. That means that Venus, Mars, and Maldek, as well as Earth, all had oceans, all had plant and animal life, and they were all able to support that. Venus is the only planet that has made it through to sixth density. Earth is currently fourth density, but of course, Mars and Maldek did not make it. Um, our physical vehicles are similar. So we share similar physical vehicles to what the what Ra had in their third density, what the Martians had, what the Maldekians had. We may not have look ident um, completely identical, but our physical vehicles are the same because the sun chose, as the sub-logos, it chose the third uh, second density bipedal ape to invest their density consciousness in. So all of the other planets that had had life all had similar physical vehicles to ours. They also had verbal communication and written language. And this is because our sub-logos chose this in its planet and wanted every third density um, entity to use verbal communication and written language. And that paired with the veil. Now the veil changes. Um, like I said, Venus, they had a, a slightly thinner veil. Um, I can only imagine Mars and Maldek had a very, very thick veil. Um, here on Earth, we have a pretty um, thick veil, but I'm not sure if it was as thick as, say, Mars and Maldek, because we haven't completely destroyed our planet, thankfully. And also, every planet has also had assistance from the Confederation, so assistance from external higher um, density beings or something that's common. So Ra came and they helped us out and they've been teaching us. That's something that's very common throughout creation. We're planning third density societies, send a call and then higher density entities, especially six density entities, answer that call. Now there's a common theme uh, in our solar system of war, and that is because our sublogos chose the following. So our sublogos chose physical vehicles that had the opposable thumb, 
and ensemble logos did that is because it wanted us to be more involved in our physical sensations and not necessarily in our mind. And this would create a better polarization. Ensemble logos, when designing its plan, was not aware that this would lead to war. That's just what ended up happening when you have the opposable thumb, because having a vehicle with the opposable thumb leads to tool making, which eventually leads to um, weapon making. And that's what happened on Mars and Maldek and in Earth's own history. And that paired with the thick veil is what really has caused a lot of war and also the system. Like I said, it is not intentional. That's just how the combination has happened. But we have learned a lot from this. Also, free will. Now, um, it may seem like our solar system or our solar logos has you know just produced negative planets, but the Confederation says that a tougher third density does um, create a more solid foundation for polarization from the fourth density beyond. Um, a lot of the Confederation members give us history of their own planets, and they said that they had third density similar to Ra's, and that they were more philosophical and harmonious. So they had an easier time in third density and in fourth density, but they had a harder time in fifth and sixth density when balancing all of that. So they say having kind of having a, a tough third density like we have on Earth, kind of having a boot camp environment, we're facing shadows here and now that we won't have to deal with in the higher densities, which is what they've had to do. And in the higher density, these shadows in the stagnant energy um, takes either a very long time to deal with, or um, they're not be able to deal with at all unless you incarnate. So they, so we know we may look at our experience like, oh my God, this is really tough, but they look at it like you guys are going through boot camp. This is y'all are a really good path for polarizing because pretty much you will be coming into fourth density on a more solid foundation. All righty, and to end, uh, to conclude all of that, I have a quote from um, Kuo. So the questioner says, my question came up in the last session. It was surrounding Maldek and Mars. Why does it seem like such a current thing for planets to be destroying themselves? Not planets, but people of the planets, destroying themselves, their cultures. Is it central to this solar system or is it a common theme in third density? Kuo says, we are those of Kuo and are aware of your career, my brother. The pattern, my brother, we would agree is well advanced and is indeed endemic to this region of space controlled by the logos, or shall we say sub-logos, that is your son. The creation that was designed by this entity used a great deal of free will and a heavy veiling so that it takes actual effort for most people to retrieve their memory of the larger picture that moves beyond one incarnation into the grand design of the creation itself and as you citizens of eternity. We are not saying that the creator has not gained a rich harvest of new information about itself from this particular design of creation. However, it does seem that the combination of advanced free will and advanced veiling of the actual metaphysical situation have created conditions that are unusually likely to produce the thought pattern of aggression in order to get one's way. Since it is so difficult to see that we are all one in your third density experience, since the veiling is so complete, it becomes possible for entities to contemplate ending another's life with less discomfort than if they were contemplating ending their own life. This has, this has made it possible for entities to become habituated to the destruction of other selves. And indeed, the mental processes of entities who have in lifetime, after lifetime, after lifetime, been involved in killing have become infected. It is as if you had taken up smoking. You can see that smoking is a bad idea. You can see the statistics that a certain number of people will get emphysema or lung cancer and will be removed from incarnation because of that habit. However, the smoking becomes a habit and it seems very difficult to change the habit once it has set in. In just the same way, your tribe on planet Earth is made up of entities who have become habituated to violence. There is a great, oops, there is a great yearning in the heart of all those who have so become habituated to lose the habit to stop the violence that lies within the self. However, in order to change a habit, one must see a viable alternative to the habit. How can you teach peace? How can you help a planet heal from its easy acceptance of violent acts? We leave this question with you. It is in your hands. And so pretty much that's summing up that our solar system's history of aggression and warfare is due to our sun choosing a thick veiling and our free will and our physical bodies. 
And so next week, um, we, I will conclude with, uh, we're going to talk more on our sub logos, such as balancing um, what solar flares are, the metaphysics behind solar flare and fusion. We're going to talk about um, the sun's meaning to entities fourth through sixth density. Uh, we're going to talk about red ray catalysts and how the sun produces catalysts up until a certain point and entity awakens. We're going to talk about the metaphysics of black holes and our relationship with the sun through evolution. And that is all. Woohoo! Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> that was fun, Demarcus. This is my favorite subject. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Great job. I'm catching up on the chat. Let's see. Oh, yeah. You can ignore all my babble. <laughs> <laughs> Try. I'll have to look into that. Um, I double check before my presentation on the destruction of Maldek 705,000 years ago. I can double check on that for sure, though. I was thought I was remembering that there was some part in the life cycle where Ra was like 40 feet tall or something like that. And, uh, no, I think you made that up. That I could have, but... Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so I see... So uh, what you're referring to is, so Ross says that when they walked amongst the Egyptians, they wanted to create, they wanted themselves to appear how they appeared at that time of sixth density. So not how they appeared in third density, but how they were appearing in third, uh, sixth density at that time. They wanted to create a third density replica of that to be able to walk amongst the Egyptians. So Ross says that that form is very tall. They were very slender and they had a golden luster to them. Kind of like a hologram. Almost. Well, oh, there's exactly more, what there's more among the secret space people that um, there was a ancient civilization of giants, basically, that were very advanced and kind of left a lot of technology for us to find. Oh, well, but, Rob does but, talk about the Anak, right? And how Yahweh produced a race of beings that was larger and that, that the, the largeness of that, those beings was one of the features that was co-opted by the negative Yahweh as a means of impressing upon people their status and their power. So the, bo- the largeness of the bodies wasn't originally um, intended to convey dominance but the more negative Yahweh um, utilized it in that way. That's my understanding. Yeah, DeMarcus? That's correct. Yeah. So um, Yahweh um, altered our bodies genetically when the Martians came. And then thousands of years later, they physically mated with um, the women of Earth in order to put their genes. And that that mating, the result of that mating were the Anak or the giants. And that's correct. Or the watchers from the Old Testament. Um, so, Rock, I see your question. Let's see. Do we know about other planetary? So, what we know, um, Ra mentions Deneb, which is a star. Um, I don't know how far it is from here, but um, there was a planet in the star system of Deneb that did come from um, that did come here. Other places is either. I think it's Sirius. There was a planet in the star system of Sirius that destroyed their planet and had to repeat their density here. Um, the others, we do not know their origins. I wish we did. Marcus, you referenced um, Dolores Cannon. I, I finished her book, Jesus and the Essenes, a few months ago, but I've, and I've, been, I've got her book called volunteers in my amazon cart but i've been listening to a few of, of her lectures i guess in your experience how much do her lectures and stories line up with the raw material i would say about almost 99 percent everything um i read her works before about probably about a year before i came to the law of one so i was really familiar with her works and then le- reading the law of one just confirmed everything that she had stated in her work. So her work is very, very spot on with the law of one and it perfectly aligns with it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And a few of her talks, I've been noticing the same thing too. Okay. Jesus and the Essenes was a lovely book. 
Did yes. you, you haven't, have any of you read They Walked with Jesus by Dolores Cannon? I haven't read that one yet, but. I have not read half. I really enjoyed Jesus in these scenes. That was really good. Yeah. Can y'all put that name on the library? It's one I hadn't heard of until recently. It, it gives you a new and quite believable spin on the story of Christ. <laughs> oh, I'd like it to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody put the name in the library. Does anyone have any questions from our presentation or any thoughts or anything on our solar system's history? So I'm probably um, about two months, two and a half months into the raw material. And I guess this is more of just a personal sharing that I would like to have maybe a few of you comment on. But I feel like when I read the raw material, it's very difficult to not go down many rabbit trails that Ra will mention a certain group or a time period or a situation, but he almost will, he or Ra mentions it almost flippantly, almost like, oh, there's this thing, which if humans were to discover that thing on their own, it would take decades and decades of archaeology and research and discoveries. And, but I, and I find myself I'm only on session 40 and I feel that if I read the 40 sessions over again, I would discover another 200 new things that I just skipped over. I guess my question, my, my experience, I'm trying to discern what are, what are the important things I need? What are, what is, what is the meat of Ra's message that I don't want to forget as I get lost in learning about, Atlantis and Lemurians and Maldek and Bigfoot, all these things that I've been deeply curious about since I was a little boy, but I'm also trying to apply a lot of the, the core teachings that I feel the material comes back to consistently. And I was wondering if any of you can articulate what you feel those core teachings are. So, yeah. I would say I, I definitely went through what you went through, you know, reading the raw material. I was like, I'm getting information I would have never thought I would ever get. And I'm getting information that I've always wondered about, you know, like you said, um, about Atlantis and Area 51 and UFOs and all this stuff. Um, but Rod considers that transient. Personally, um, on my first read through of the Law of One, I kind of just took it all in. And then the second, my second read through is when I actually stopped to digest the concepts and the principles and the thing that raw is trying to get through because their primary focus is to get the point of uh, the different points and concepts of spiritual evolution through and to use that for your own evolution. And so, yeah, there's the transient, what they were considered to be transient information in there. Um, I think you would just have to maybe find the balance in between. And you may not get it on your first read or second read. It may take, you know, several reads to find that balance. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Rod does say that the appropriate um, course of action for an entity is to seek what is desired. Uh, and for a positive entity, if that which is desired is not, does, doesn't seem to be consonant with the law of one, to perhaps act it out in the imagination instead. But I don't think it's inappropriate if you have a fascination with the transient material to look into it, as long as you don't have a sense that you're harming anyone or harming yourself, you know, it's easy to overthink these things. Um, but I think obviously the core message is love. The core message is uh, aiding the harvest <laughs> one way or another, right? The heart opening and the balancing. Um, but there is a way to avoid all of the transient material if avoidance is the name of the game. And that would be to read the original uh, blue and yellow five volumes because they pulled all of the transient and personal material out and put it in book five. <laughs> so you can read books one through four and it lacks a little bit of continuity, but it skips over all that stuff. Uh, but probably not the, the best course of action if you wanna take a balanced approach. 
Fred, were you raising your hand? No, I was scratching my, my arm, but um, just, just joining in with that, one of the things that, uh, and I think I've heard Doug say this once, and then maybe someone else here as well that was kind of alluding to both with uh, what DeMarcus and Diana was saying was that, like, there is this part in Raw that he's like, you know, uh, remaining open and seeking uh, and like enjoying some of those rabbit trails, but like as you read in real time, you know, there are some blossoming moments and things. And it, it kind of reminds me, like, you know, I know that for me, I've done this habit of reading Proverbs, you know, depending on what day of the month it is and some New Testament piece. And it's like every day. So now I'm like at a point of, you know, doing it for some over 10, 20 years, it's like I'm dwelling in the whole, the volume of the book, right? And so I like that whole uh, the piece like in Proverbs, it says, you know, when you awake, it will speak to you. Like when you need, it's like, so just kind of sitting with the volume and then all of a sudden the volume getting traction in my mind and popping up things. And so, uh, you know, I wonder if, the idea of it is, you know, going over that, just like DeMarcus said, reading that that one time to kind of just become familiar with it, then going that second time and starting to digest it more. And so just like you said, if you start it all over, you'll see 200 new things. So maybe it's that process of just where Jesus called it abiding, just like just dwelling in the text spending time or giving little a little bit of open time to it and allowing almost kind of like a Montessori style of just gathering and, you know, what's ripe right now, I'm going to pick that fruit because it's ripe. I'm not trying to push it or rush it. And then it over kind of a circadian rhythm, you know, closing my eyes, opening my eyes, closing my eyes, open my eyes, darkness and light, darkness and light then all of a sudden it's speaking in deeper volumes than I ever like. And I can go back over my life and it's like, oh my gosh, it's, it's been here all the time. It's been speaking all the time. I don't know if that, if that makes sense what I'm saying, but that's, yeah. It does. It does. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That all, each of what you said, uh, everyone resonates because I think raw does want to honor our free will to seek what we're feeling led to and what we're feeling called to, because I do feel that I was led to the raw material. And I also feel that um, the, the pacing and the, um, the pacing and just the spacing of space time and how we underneath all of our desires to learn and understand is just this realization that all is one that um, that we are love, that we are light, and we're claiming our natural inheritance while also still unblocking the blockages and looking at the other as the creator, looking at ourselves as the creator. Um, and but I, I feel that over the last couple of weeks, I'll have just these mantras that I'll say in my car as I'm driving and I'll just say to myself, Oh shit, man! This this third density thing is thick. This this veil is a thick veil. I'll just, I'll be in my I'll just I'll I'll pause the the music. I'll just look out in traffic and I'll just think, damn, this is a thick veil. This is <laughs> thick. Real talk. That's real talk. Yeah. Yes, it sure is. There was one here for that. Does Marcus just keep on keep on your not the Marcus stuff? The young man that was talking, my brain's not working well tonight. Just was, keep on your path and you get to my age and the veil gets thinner the older we get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is some good news with that, though. Now that Earth is a 4D planet, um, it's receiving 4D energy. So the veil is becoming thinner and thinner. Um, some more for some people, more than others. But like I said, Earth is a 4D planet now and is completely enveloped in 4D energies. And so those energies are penetrating our third density. So the veil is getting thinner and thinner. 
Um, I don't know if y'all have had any experiences, but I, I know recently I've had a lot of um, kind of telepathic experiences, like my friends, where we're all thinking the same thing, but we don't know that, and we act on it or say it, or I'm about to say something, but it comes out my friend, and, you know, just that, and then getting to the heart of Catalyst, the realm, the Confederation says, you know, these energies that are coming in, because for instance, the density of understanding, and so these people are able to use these energies that are coming in. And a lot of people are finally facing themselves and sitting with themselves and getting through their issues and trying to heal because there is no internal disharmony. So, yeah, the veil is thick, but thankfully it is finally thin because fourth density is in effect. Indeed, man. I, I think probably about two months ago, I got this and I was in meditation. And this was the idea. It was like, it was an impression it's imagine if the there was no veil and begin to imagine and picture in a meditative state what would it be like if the veil was lifted and boy that took me on a trip that was a beautiful wow. meditation wow you have to tell me about that sometime it was just sitting in it and just like all and just and it was like Okay, so that's what's going on. This is this is all veil, just like you said. It's it's right. It's like this is a thick ass veil, <laughs> but it's like what? But imagine, and boy, that gave me such hope. And it's like it took me on a meditation ride. It was like you know, um, what? It's coming. It's it's coming. It's there. So use your imagination to lean into it what would it be like? And it was, it was quite an interesting place to go. Wow. I'm going to try that. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. I was telling, I'll be quick, but I was, I was telling Troy, we met a few weeks ago and uh, I was having a meditation a few weeks ago where I was, um, I was reflecting on what Ra was saying that the people being born are, they have fourth density activated bodies and i'm in a season in life a lot of my friends are having babies and it seems like there's just baby showers every weekend and um in my in my meditations i was asking my higher self that it just seems so insurmountable even if a million fourth density bodies show up in the next 10 seconds that still just se things still, still seem to be moving so slowly and i feel like i was I was given this vision in my mind's eye of earth and our third density planet. And just these, it almost seemed like millions upon millions of streams of light coming in, like in just wave after wave after wave. And I, and I felt my higher self tell me um, that these are all the fourth density bodies coming in. These are all the babies being born. And it was, it was really beautiful and powerful. And it shows that the, you know, the intelligent, infinity the the intelligent creator has such a gentleness and a patience but image just showed this aggressive it almost looked like a winter storm of just babies being born one wave after the other after the other and it just it just wasn't stopping it was just like a boom 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 um and that was impressed on me as well which makes me remember how thick this veil is because these powerful messages will come to you and you're like i got it and then the veil is just <laughs> covers it up <laughs> yep so true that's how it works well we're a little bit over time that was awesome demarcus thank you do you have a closing prayer? Would you like somebody else to lead us? Oh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and close. Cool. Um, if everyone could please close their eyes. Take a deep breath in. Take a deep breath out. Take another deep breath. And as you're breathing in, think about the intelligent energy that you're taking in. The prana and the light and the love of the creator. Hold it for a little second and then release it. Infinite Creator, we want to thank you for tonight. We want to thank you for the opportunity to come together and to share our stories and our teachings with one another. 
And we thank you for the opportunity to be able to share our love and our knowledge and our insight with one another and to be able to be there and support one another. Infinite Creator, we ask you to please bless all of those who are in pain, who need balance, who need help. We send our healing, love, and light to everyone who is suffering right now, that their bodies come back into balance and that they are basked in light. And if everyone can repeat after me, I am. I am. The infinite creator. The infinite creator. Manifested into flesh. Manifested into flesh. I am. I am. Infinity. Infinity. Experiencing itself. Experiencing itself. Amen. Oh, you all are so fun. I'm sorry I'm being a punk and I'm not showing my face, but it's nice to see you all. Thank you so much, Demarcus. That was really great. Thank you. Feel better. Thank Thank you. Everyone have a good night. Thanks for doing all your prep for us, Demarcus. Done an excellent job. Thank you. That was great. Have a good night. Good night, everyone. Mm -hmm.